Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join T2 and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. Hello and welcome to the T2 Hubcast with me, Tracy Roberts. And me, Spencer Locker. Now then, Spence. Now then, Trace. <laughs> How are you doing? We're doing good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm enjoying a bit of podcasting while enjoying we've got a bit of downtime. A little bit of downtime on the down low, we as they say. We don't this often now, do we? Because we? we're so busy out with all these lovely partners, <clears> we, aren't we? And even if, even when we're not busy, we're usually busy somewhere else. It's very yeah. rare that we're in the same place at the same time. Yeah. So yeah. we thought we'd use an opportunity. Yes. To Because we've been chatting this morning, haven't we, about, yeah. you know, sharing our experiences with working with our fantastic partners over the last few weeks, with it being a bit crazy <laughs> and kind of, checking him with Martin about some of his experiences too. And it really kind of shone out that actually we're learning as much from the people we're seeing uh, as we're trying to hopefully impart some wisdom on them. So yeah. we thought we'd kind of try and shine some light on that, right? Yeah, some molten droplets of gold. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, like little, it. little bits of wisdom that have been sort of picked up. Casual wisdom, I think. Yeah. Casual wisdom that these are the things that, it's not really structured. It's not something that you, 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 it's not formal learning, but somebody will say something in a session and it'll make you sort of sit back a little bit and go, wow, I hadn't really looked at it from that perspective. Or maybe they've put it into a slightly different context yeah. because, and this is something that uh, I, I realized quite early on, but um, I never really sort of, well, no, I suppose I did understand it. I think I just took it for granted. So when we do what we do, when we engage with a, a client, when we when we work a room, <laughs> bring the room alive. Uh, when we when we do that, uh, we um, we I think we specifically talk in a generic fashion because it has to be generic yeah. for everybody to understand it. Yeah. So um, when we start talking about life balance and, and the balance of rights and responsibilities, you have the right to be um, enlightened and you have the right to be uh, taught and, and yeah. you have the right to gain new information, but you have the responsibility to put it into your own context. Of and course, I think that yeah. that's one of the things where a lot of people fall down is that they'll take it at face value in mm. a generic sense yeah. and they'll try it and fail and then turn around and go, that didn't work for me, yeah. and then dismiss it. And I think that people need to, they need to sometimes take this, the the, the information that they are given or they find, they stumble mm -hmm. upon, yeah. and they've got to sort of say, right, okay, now I need to put it into my context. Yeah. What does that look like in my world? Where and I think, applicable? I yeah. Th yeah, and I think that's when, when they do that and they get it right, mm. you've got, I say they, I mean we, because we're just the same, aren't we? We're only human. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you've got more chance of it actually working mm. and addressing the issue or the problem that you've got if you put it into your context and work it, if you open loop think yeah. it. Um, and if you reflect on it sometimes, because, yeah. you know, I always say this, you know, coming with an open heart and an open mind, because yeah. there'll be certain things you'll connect with straight away and you'll think, yeah, that's pertinent to me. It's relevant to me. 
um, I can action that. There'll be other things that you'll be a little bit more hesitant with. Maybe it's just not the way you see things, mm. but actually on reflection, there's maybe bits, little, like you say, golden nuggets you can take out oh. of that. And actually you'll catch yourself doing things sometimes. I mm. definitely do that. Mm. I think, ooh, I didn't think I did do that, but I actually just caught myself doing it. So yeah. I actually, I must do it, you know? Yeah. And I think if people can stay open-minded to that, I mean, and then what we learn from that as, you know, as people who work at T2 is that, you know, the, the people who are openly, um, engaging in even challenging conversation, challenging oh, yeah. us sometimes in yeah, a way, yeah. in a positive way. Mm. I think that we can really learn from that. Certainly, certainly, and and yeah, I think I think reflection is massively important. I'm I'm a I'm a big reflector. No, really? Uh, yes, I am. I'm a big reflector. <laughs> um, but but one thing I've been challenging myself with lately, and when I say lately, in the last couple of years, mm. is uh, honest reflection. Yeah. Because um, I don't know about you, but in my past, I have reflected on things from my own bias, if, if that makes sense. I've justified my actions. Yeah. So it's like when, when, you, when you do your print report, for those of you who haven't done it, do it. Um, but do your print report and then you sort of circle the things you agree with and underline things you disagree yeah, with. Then you show it to somebody you trust and, and, and they say, well, what things are they? Because on page six, it's not great. No. Um, but when they go on to page six and they say, what are these things that are underlined? And you turn around and go, don't worry, love, they don't apply to me. And they go, really? Because yeah. in 2004, we went on holiday and you did this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's that. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. Yeah. And again, it's not a character assassination or, a, or, no. or, 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 or throwing people under the bus. It is people seeing from things from a different perspective. Because yeah. we can always justify our, our actions because you know what? It is what it is, and I did it because of that. And yeah. and sometimes we can be a bit dismissive. And it's like when 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 we do studying, we tend to re, when when we're sort of studying for an exam, and we are what's the reword? We are revising, revising. revising yeah. So when we're revising for an exam, um, a lot of people. I'm not saying all of people, but a lot of people will, if they're being honest with themselves, tend to revise things they already know to sort of get that yeah. dopamine and serotonin and flowing in the brain. As well, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, but with the stuff that they don't know, they don't understand, it can bring the cortisol it's forward. It's the last thing they yeah. do. And yeah. And so, so yeah, it's, I think, I think I'm making a, a concerted effort to, to really try and look at things from different perspectives mm. to sort of change. I won't say change, modify my behavior yeah. a little bit it's your self-talk isn't it yeah, you know like your... you know if you are naturally more wired up to be more reflective mm. then you know you're gonna have to be more conscious of that if you're the opposite end of the scale like me where i'll literally run at things <laughs> <laughs> um to try and get them done quickly um i still suffer a bit from that because I, I i run so fast to get things done because i'm a doer yeah that sometimes i have to force myself to sit and reflect to learn from it if that makes sense so yeah. i'm almost the opposite way then i can overthink it so but what i have done same as you is stayed very very kind of much in the space of i i love i love humans um most of the time anyway um, unless they're slow moving <laughs> um but um you know what i like is to be able to observe and learn and take things from from situations and and stuff that you know, you're sharing with people really. And I really do make a conscious effort now to sort of stop my internal narrative going, okay, let's stop talking now. Let's get up and do this thing. Cause mm. that's naturally what my body wants to do. And I said, no, okay, let's take this in a little bit more. Let's stay open-minded to this situation. And I must admit, I've seen some real plus points from doing that, accessing that part of me a little bit more. And mm. um, so I definitely don't miss as many opportunities now. All right. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, on the subject of droplets of gold, <laughs> molten gold, yeah, uh, wisdom. That what what has anything has anything sort of popped up in your world that you you can bring to mind? Yeah, I mean, I guess what I'm learning the most um, at the moment is what. Let's just talk about some of the fundamentals that we do first. Mm. You know, the print workshop for yeah. me. It really is still to this day. I love delivering it mm. because the one thing that I'm really picking up on is that we assume that a lot of humans take the time to consider other humans. Mm. And from what we see, that's just not the case, is yeah, it? Yeah. And um, what I love is the vulnerability that comes from that when people do realize they haven't done that. So every time I go into one of those sessions, um, I, and I'm not just saying this, I really enjoy delivering those sessions because I think what always comes out of that is there's even if you have a room of 15 people, there's always two people like this is just my own kind of mm. perception that you really learn from mm. because you see that they're built in a certain way. And it might be a print that you see all the time. It might be a print you don't see all the time. And what you get from that, from just listening to their narrative and, you know, what's written about them and how they observe, how they react, perception versus reality. I think really what it tells me and what it's really made me zone in on is to, you know, we do make certain assumptions in life, don't we? So we always talk about our above the water stuff that, you mm. know, the stuff that's obvious to us, but what's really, really resonated with me the last few months is we, we talk so much about this middle section, the unconscious motivator is below the waterline, you know, mm. just below we scuba gear on, you know, <laughs> having a little look. And what I've learned from that is that a lot of people don't realize the difference between the top and the bottom. So they think that all this stuff that's out on the top and it's obvious, you know, that's, you know, why you really make a decision on that situation. And even humans themselves don't understand the difference mm. between their top and, and the middle. Um, and what I've really reflected on in the last, I don't know, six months or so since I've been here is uh, people honing in, being able to hone in from having that information, looking internally at their what I call their tectonic plates. Right. Okay. So, so what happens when the tectonic plates start to clash? Earthquakes, yeah, you tsunamis. Something doesn't feel right. Yeah. It's like a brewing storm. And yeah. um, and what I like to kind of hone in on and what I've learned from other people is it's like this reflection piece of, do you ever feel like that as a human, that your your tectonic plates just are just jumping a little bit and it's mm. not quite forming a volcano or an earthquake or whatever it is yeah. yet? And people go, oh, God, yeah, I can't quite put my finger on that. Mm. And when we dig down into the human behavior aspect of it and the triggers and the toxicity in a workplace and all those things, yeah. it then allows them to put their finger on it and go, do you know what? I get it. I get what you mean by that now. Yeah. Because now I understand the stuff here underneath that's in me, my autobiography that's in my brain that I, just like you said, I reflect back to all the time. I go, I look at a situation, I go, oh, chapter four, I've got something on that. Mm yeah, I didn't like that situation, so I'm going to react this way. Mm. Or, oh, I have nothing, therefore I'm going to chimp. <laughs> yeah. Whatever way you look at it. Mm. I think when people start to make that connection, um, and I just absolutely love the conversations that come back at us mm. and how they explain, you know, how how they've become that person, mm. you know, their experiences and stuff. Yeah. Um, so my reflection piece to start with is probably that, is that people becoming more aware of that top and, and middle behaviours mm the tectonic plate situation when someone just doesn't feel right, they yeah. then hone in on it and go, ah, I get it. Something that is deep rooted in me is not being, you know, yeah. met. Therefore I'm acting this way. Yeah. And if you say to them, what's your brand? They go, what? And you go, what's your brand? What are you throwing out in the world? Mm. 
So if I flash a picture of Ferrari up there, you can say, you know, red, fast, expensive, all those things. Mm. What do you want to be known as? Mm. Because the top and the middle need to, you know, be set. Mm. And a lot oh. of people get stuck there. Yeah. Don't they? I think if you put me on the spot like that. What's your three what... words? What's your brand? My brand? Yeah. Uh, right. I might have to get back to you on that. To be honest with you, <laughs> right. By I'm the end just... of this podcast, you have right. to tell me your three words that My... depict your brand. Okay. <laughs> that's going to distract me from the rest of the content right, but well, we'll come, come on yeah we'll, we'll, we'll come back you. to that one all right yeah i agree totally with what you're saying yeah. and i think that um again as you, as you said when we're doing the the day one when we're doing the unconscious motivators i know we're there to do a job um but every time it's slightly different every time it's different yeah, and it's all dependent on the people you're talking to and, and yeah. exactly as you said there it's these things that are coming back at us and you're looking at people and and I'm not saying you make judgments, mm. but you can see when people are open-minded. Yeah, you can. You can yeah. see pe when people are um, sceptical. Mm. And and I don't get me wrong, I like a little bit of healthy yeah, scepticism. 100%. I like somebody, I don't like people who just quite, well, it's not that I don't like people, but I, I it's um, there's some people who are just willing to drink the Kool-Aid and yeah. go with the flow, and, and it is what it is, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But when somebody turns around and says, you know what, I'm open-minded, I'm willing to give it a go, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan of cynicism, which okay. I basically think that is people turning around saying, oh, no, whatever you say, I'm going to disagree with. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, these, these times when people turn around and they go, wow, I, and, and and again, it's not necessarily new information, but it makes sense of what you already know. Mm. And and have that's quite powerful. And then listening to what they say and how they put it into their context is incredibly powerful. And it's like when when we I mean, not so much the um the the well, it, it has happened with the with the print stuff, but I, I, there's two things that really sort of bring spring to mind when it's putting things into your own context. Mm. So when we do the uh, the chimp paradox stuff and we're talking about managing the chimp, I remember a couple of years ago, this lady turned around and we were talking about managing the chimp, boxing the chimp. Mm. And uh, she turned around and she went, penguins of Madagascar. And I went, yeah. I'm sorry, what do you mean by that? <laughs> and she says, right, okay. So there's a guy who works in, works with me and I've got a great relationship with him. He's a, he's a re I really enjoy working with him. As a, he's a lovely, lovely guy. But when he gets a little bit excited... He gets quite animated, big body stuff, mm. um, moving into people's personal space, mm. loud and all this, that and the other. They get so excited about it. Mm. And she says, and it really grips me, really pushes my buttons and I feel really uncomfortable. But what I've done is I've realized that if I react, it's going to spoil the rest of the relationship. So what I do is I think Penguins of Madagascar. Smile and wave, boys. Smile yeah. and wave. You mentioned it earlier on. Yeah. And I love that because I thought to myself, yeah, it is boxing the chimp. It's even a, possibly even a bit of distracting Out the chimp. But but yeah. Because but she it's... understands the depth yes. of that relationship. Yeah, yeah. It's not in that situation at that time. Yeah. It's the depth of... of, of and also, I, I should imagine thinking about others as well because she she might feel like that but other people might live off that energy from, mm. from that human yeah. right they might go i love the fact when he comes in and he's animated and he's passionate um so again mm. yeah boxing distracting but for a bigger purpose not because yeah. she's not going to say her thing it's just that she feels in that moment that's yeah. the best way to deal with it. and it put and it's put the whole concept into her own context 
Yeah. So she's she's made that connection, and it's like, wow, yeah, I get it, I get it. Yeah. The other one, and um, the the other one, it was a very similar situation, but it was a day two. So we're talking about situational leadership, yeah. and we were talking about uh, oh, what was the uh, high coachability, low production, yeah. And we were looking at the needy child, okay. and, and we were talking about the, the probably different the most ways. common person that we yeah yeah <laughs> we get. yeah I've got quite a few of those in my team. So we're talking about the we're talking about the directive style and and the coaching style, and we're saying right, okay, so with the coaching, you might want to. Do a little bit of coaching with them, build up the skill, build up the yeah. confidence, this, that, and the other. But you'll get to the point where you've got to, you've got to just let yeah, them go, and they've got to step forward and they've got to do it. Mm. And that's where the directive style comes yeah. in. And this woman turned round. This say a woman, lady. This lady turned round, and she said, "Just like the Greeks." <laughs> and I'm like, "What? What? 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 What do you mean by that?" She went, "Right, okay. So when the Greeks had an had a had a um a uh, empire, a Greek yeah. empire back in the day, uh, what they'd do is one of the, one of their their things was they turn up at the wherever they were going to invade. Yeah, they turn up on the beaches in the ships, mm. and the first thing they did was they burnt the ships because <laughs> this is the thing yeah. is then the the Greek army knows that the only way is forward. They can't on, yeah. sort of go in half-heartedly and then retire back to the ships and go back out to sea. Mm. They can't do that. So they burn the ships. Mm. That way is the only way forward. And I'm like, I get what you're saying, but wouldn't it be a little bit sort of less aggressive if you That's said removing yeah. <laughs> removing stabilizers or something yeah. like that? That's a little bit more yeah. soft, but I get it. I get it. And yeah. she said, yeah, that works for me when That's I take that, put it into yeah. my context. So yeah, that's two. That's two for I, I, me. So I think the other one I think I mentioned to you earlier was when we do situational leadership. Mm. I love that day, by the way. It's really interactive, isn't mm. it? Um, and we do like loads of bits in there. And a lot of the people who get the most from that that day are people who are just coming into leadership positions. Yeah. Or they're junior leaders. I mean, we do adapt it more if we're going to work with a slightly higher level anyway. Mm. But what we tr tend to do is try and give them those tools, right? Plug mm. and play stuff. So, you know, we give them the kind of archetypes of, of people they might be working with. And um, we get them to think about their leadership style and how they can lean into all six types of leadership. Mm. So there's loads of stuff comes out. But one of the bits of feedback that we do get coming back is that the, the, the sort of stresses and strains that is there within their roles is their baggage. Okay, mm. so um, and we were talking about this this morning, aren't we? Because we're both a fan of a Bergen. For those of you who don't know, that's a massive rucksack. Okay, both both being ex forces people, like we we generally look like we're going to wear it with bear grills for the day when we come into the office. Um, and you know, we I was using this analogy because I've just spoke to so many people, and even when I've been doing leadership modules, of that kind of expected trajectory of people. So like mm. the people who have become leaders because they were there or the people who were leaders because they've been in the role a long time and the only expected trajectory for them is straight up. Mm. That's all they can see. And funnily enough, you know, some of the, the, the latest research that's out there regarding, you know, tenure of people in a business and turnaround mm. actually shows that a lot of the reason that people might consider leaving a business is because the trajectory is only up. Mm businesses are not creating opportunities side to side but the reason I'm, I'm sort of mentioning this now is because I always explain it like this you know as um someone who has to have skill a skill worker you have to sort of like or a knowledge worker if you like um you have to sort of like start work you know like like you do at school turn up with your rucksack or your bergen it's usually just got your lunch in at that point right and a pencil <laughs> so think of it that way right yeah. but then as the weeks progress you know more and more goes into that 
that bargain, right? And as you're picking up new skills, they go in there. If you're picking up new responsibilities, they go in there. So think of it this way. You're, you're trying to kind of scale this, this kind of ladder, if you like. And as the years kind of progress in your uh, career, even before you're a leader, this rucksack is rammed, right? And usually when your rucksack is rammed, people go, oh my God, they're brilliant at their job. We should give them a manager's job. <laughs> and because that's what's expected. But what happens? They don't take the rucksack off and give them a new one for going to big school. No. What happens is they just keep filling the rucksack or that person will progress up to the, the ledge, which is the leadership ledge. Yeah. And I said, right, wait here a minute. Here's a few more things that need to go in there. Yeah. Keep climbing. Yeah. And these people go, oh, so I've taken all these years to learn these skills and my rucksack's full. You're not going to take these off me. No, no, you've got to keep most of those, but you've got to keep you know, traveling upwards and you've only got a moment here. So here's just a few tips on how to be a leader. Yeah. And as a consequence, they're climbing and climbing. And imagine how heavy that rucksack's becoming. Yeah. Okay. Now, some people get skilled very quickly, don't they? And they can yeah. lift that, 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 that bergen all the way to the top. But most of the time, that burden's very, very heavy. So we're coming at them with situational leadership stuff mm. that really gives them the support to, to think out loud. But a, a lot of these people do report that this burden does feel very, very weighing on them because mm. naturally they've just been expected because they're good at their job that they're going to be a good manager. Mm. One of my biggest reflections is that, that most of the people we come into contact with haven't actually chosen that direction mm. or maybe have gone that way, but maybe only because it's expected, expected of, them. of them. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, so as a bit of a thought, you know, to those that are listening, the thing I always kind of think about is that Bergen mm. because you've got to teach them how to get rid of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, they don't know how to delegate properly. We, we, we go through the delegation dilemma with that. Um, they don't know how to kind of dissipate some of those skills out and, and or, or mm. lose some of the baggage, bin some of the rubbish, whatever yeah. it might be. Clear the file, filing yeah. system out. Get your rat packs at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if you don't do that, then your leadership skills are going to be the pots Absolutely. and pans that are tied to the outside. Yeah. Or it's <clears throat> falling out over yeah, the top. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, you know, and the other side of it is that it's hard. So even think of you as a human carrying that rucksack. You don't want to part with the stuff. No. And that's your skills because yeah. you're looking at other people in your team as a new leader going, yeah, but I could do that in 10 minutes. Yeah. So then you jump in and you rescue. And yeah. you don't go into the challenge circle, which we use in mm. our delegation dilemma. And trying to get people to really think of it that way, mm. I think it really helps frame that day too. Yeah. And I learn a lot from them by them saying, yeah, but I'm still doing the other stuff I was doing as well. Yeah. So I don't know about you. Do you kind of get that that feel that it's just a, sometimes just an expectation you're going to pick up those skills and that you're going to carry that burden and you're going to keep going and you know it's not until we get some sort of help externally, i.e., us, mm. where actually you'll maybe get a bit more help with being a leader. Yeah, I think I think one of the one of the best bit just coming that from a slightly different perspective is these emerging leader programs. So these are the people who are either brand new into leadership or are being groomed, and I hate using that word nowadays, <laughs> no are being groomed yeah. for, a, for a, um, a leadership position. And the people who are sort of running the organisation are sort of saying, right, so these people are going to be running teams. So we want to get them the skills before they get there. Mm. And and it's sort of, it's sort of, I don't know whether it's a case of getting rid of old, um, skills that they don't need anymore no, not or just just marrying them up and sort yeah. of saying right okay then so this skill that you've got here is transferable mm -hmm. and I think this is one of the things before we go into because we're in the in the rundown to the clock now but I think this is one of the things that when when we start thinking about veterans so mm -hmm. I'm, again I don't want to 
bang on about veterans, but but, but when we, we start, but we are, <laughs> yeah. But when we talk about veterans, yeah, um, we find time and time again we talk to people where uh, when it's when when we're transitioning from being a, in the military to being a civilian, um, we realise that the things, the skills that we take for granted that we learnt in the military aren't necessarily documented no. and aren't necessarily a recognisable skill. However. One of the one of the big values of employing a veteran is the transferable skills they pull across. Mm. Some of the soft skills, punctuality, appearance mm. and bearing, things like that. Yeah, of course. yeah. Um, but yeah, all these things are tra- actually transferable skills, or a lot of them are transferable skills. And I'm not blaming the employer here, but I'm I'm actually blaming some of the military, some of the veterans, because uh, it's not their fault, but they don't see it as transferable. No. no. And you know that's that's probably another podcast. It is. It <laughs> is. We can definitely me, you, and Martin can definitely share our experiences yeah, yeah. on that. But yeah, I think that's a really valid point that you naturally don't always think of that as your narrative. It's not mm. until someone actually sits you down and points these things out that you yeah. go, ah, right, okay, yeah. Um, so that makes perfect sense. Before we actually wrap up, I've got to share this with you. I've got to share this with you. I've mentioned it before, but never on a podcast. So I think I think I ought to do this because. Um, we were doing a, a session with some um, NHS nurses um, not that long back. And these nurses were um, nurses that had been working for quite some time on COVID wards. Oh, so we wow. started working with the, with these nurses quite, quite a while back. And mm-hmm. obviously, um, from, a, from a technical perspective, and I mean, this is a medical professional. Yeah. It's been a bit of a shit show this last two years, hasn't oh, it? Yeah, of course. Yeah. It has, yeah. So um, they they've been they've been brilliant. They've done what they've done, and it's been great. But we we were I was in this situation where I was working with this cohort of of COVID nurses, and we were talking about Mihai Csikszentmihalyi's flow state theory. Yeah. So um, if you're not aware of this, it's open source information. If you want to Google it, it's just Google flow state theory. Don't try and Google Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. Sent me high, unless you <laughs> unless you know how to spell it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the, the the point I'm trying to make is this: we were talking about the flow state theory, and in the flow state theory, we've got a horizontal axis of of skill, so yeah. low to high skill level, and we've got a vertical axis of challenge, so it's low to high challenge. So w- one of the things that basically, without actually going through the entire sort of thing, is if you are in a high skill state. Uh, and you've got a high skill set and you've got a high challenge, you're in flow state Mm. or you might go into um, arousal or you might go into control. Yeah. Uh, so it's in that top right hand performance, top right hand yeah. quadrant. So we're going all through this. And and the thing is, if you've got a low skill set, but a high challenge, you're in anxiety. Mm. So I was going through this. I was explaining this to um, the senior nurses, well, all the nurses actually, uh, but the senior nurse on the call just had that look on her face. You know when you, you know when somebody's not bought in. Yeah. yeah they've got that sort of they want to believe, but they've got they, but they've got yeah yeah. Yeah. So I, I sort of said, look, you, have you have you got questions? Is something not right? She went, yes, I do, but I, I need a little bit of time to formulate it. Oh yeah, no worries, no worries. Come back to us. So I went through the rest of the session. Went through the and, and as we we're doing the wrap up, I came back to her and I said, have you got that question? She went, yeah. <laughs> I went, okay, then come on. She says, right, so at the beginning of the COVID pandemic, 
um, it was un- unarguably we're in a state of anxiety. So it was high challenge, um, low skill set. And, and the thing was with this low skill set was the fact that it was unpredictable and it was random. Yeah. We didn't. We were in a new place. We didn't know what was going on. So every time we went off shift and came back on shift, there was we were well, there was a different procedure or it was a different routine or it was a different PPE or or whatever. So we were in anxiety for quite some time. However, over a period of time, it settled down. We knew what we were doing. We had the we had the uh, resources, we had the PPE, we had all the good stuff, um, but we were still in anxiety. And I'm like, right. And she went, yes. Yeah. So I've got a, I've got a big bunch of, um, or I've got a bunch of highly skilled nurses yeah. who are very well motivated in a challenge, in a high challenge environment. I went, yeah. She says, so by your, by flow state theory, they should be in flow yeah. or, um, or arousal or, or control. And I'm like, yeah. She says, but we were in anxiety. And I'm like, right, I get it. Okay, okay. So you can imagine that that sort of that was a little bit challenging. Um, oh, and yeah. and of course, cheek, me, high cheek, sent me. I spent a lot of time formulating this. And, and this is the this is the thing that sort of dropped into my coffee pot and came out brown, right? <laughs> When Mihai Chicks and Mihai, um, English wasn't his first language, um, but I'm not. that's not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is this. When we start talking about skill, mm. I think we mustn't make the mistake of taking it literally. Mm. I think the better word for that, and obviously we can't, off, we can't change flow state. No, it is not. what it is. Yeah. Um, but I personally think that the better word for the skill place would have been capacity. So if we start thinking about challenge situations, we might have all the skills, but in this case, they didn't have enough of them, as in nurses. So we had highly skilled nurses. We didn't have the capacity to deal with the challenge because we didn't have enough nurses. So, yeah, Yeah. that really made me look at flow state theory. Take skill out of the way, put put capacity in in there, and it it just gave it a different dimension for me. It's certainly situational and very pertinent given what we've just been through. So... It's, it's good to see things from their perspective, isn't oh, it? Certainly, because yeah. Not everything is just as straightforward as, as, a, as a, a state theory, is it? It's, no. it's very, very different depending on, you know, where you work and I guess, yeah, all the circumstances surrounding what's going on, you know? Yeah, yeah. and I think, again, just rounding it up now, Tracy, I think, as like everything else we've talked about in the last sort of half an hour, it's having the power to put things into your own context, mm-hmm. not blindly accepting, but sort of going, right, okay then. So what does that look like in my world? And I think that's extremely powerful. Yeah, putting another set of glasses on yeah. really does give you a different vision, doesn't it? And yeah, I think that we can all learn something from that for sure. Yeah. Tracy Roberts, coming to the end of it. Thank you ever so much. We've no, had a good old you. natter there, haven't we? <laughs> Excellent. So um, thank you, Tracy, And we'll be back with an e- another... T2 Hubcast very shortly. Bye-bye now.